I can't eat this cookie. We're on the air. I'll have That's to save fair. it for later. I made because today was apparently National Cookie Day, and oh, no. like I know that, that doesn't mean anything, but like I made chocolate chip cookies because yeah, th- no, they're really I, easy to make, and I like baking. True. They are they are easy to make. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna open with some topical humor. Something, oh boy, something that's really on the pulse. Do we do we want to do we want to do we want to fucking uh fucking it's crash like, test dummies Tumblr out? No, it's additional things that Tumblr has banned in the past twenty four oh, hours. God. Um, I got this list hot off the presses from David Carp. He emailed it to me personally. He said, "Here's here's what's fucking going. This shit's gone. I hate it. Can't stand it. Can't wait to see it off my fucking website." <laughs> all um, the all the fucking once lore RP blogs. Yes. Number one. Too little, too late. All, all of those. Um, all Voltron content, including the it's retro just, kind, gone. Off. It's just banned. It's banned. The people it's people banned who make completely. it are shot in the street. It's banned completely. Um, if you try to do like an underground Voltron blog, you will be found. I think that was the plot of Sonic Underground. That people running Voltron blogs illegally. <laughs> yes. And remember, kids, when when Voltron becomes outlawed, only outlaws will Voltron. Yeah, so that's banned. Any kind of, uh, you know, oh, fuck, I had something. For All this. anime, not All... even just hentai, just every single anime. Where's that tweet every last from one. the Obama Twitter that was just we're banning anime? You heard it. <laughs> but like, it's obviously Photoshop, but I'm like, finally. I want it on a shirt. Um, oh, yeah. All of the uh, press extra free speech. Bam. Completely banned. Well, Stephen Amell I, as as an actor, as a character. I haven't even. I didn't even. What? Banned. Huh? What? Gone. No. Huh? Wait, go back to what? I didn't. Why? Press extra free speech. Banned. Completely banned. Why? No, well, I mean, like, yes, that's valid, but why are we even bringing it up? Because it's banned. Stephen Amell's face is very hard to discern from a nipple, and so it is banned. That's true. He is definitely flagged for NSFW content. Yeah, Stephen Amell has been flagged as just too upsetting to look at. God, it's not safe for work, website. not safe for life. Um, Nazis are still there, though, for some reason. The Nazis are still there. We're, we're, David assured me in the email, he said, you know, you win some, you lose some. Oh, with that <laughs> one. Any, uh, you know, RP blogs in general, out. It's done. RP, um, the, the concept of the self has been booted right out of Tumblr. I don't care, right I don't care if you RP comic. I don't care if you're RPing sexy stuff, not sexy. You're gone. You're out. Fucking learn learn who you are and, and live with that. Thoughts. Any kind of, if you have a post and you're like, huh, I just had a thought. Gone. No words. That's, that's done. That is out. Tony this, Stark this discourse. Banned. Absolutely banned. That, that. That's, there is a, yeah, that that's, is a formal. Actually, Bucky Barnes discourse was banned two years ago, but they've been kind of lenient on enforcing it. Excited to see where yeah. that goes, folks. We will. Yeah. We, we'll just. I mean, honestly, we'll still be on Tumblr until they ban us for um, Phil Clemmer slander. This Tumblr update yeah, brought to uh, you by Bethesda Studios. Fucking. I am so mad. I am no. Hold on a second. I am so mad about how shitty Fallout seventy six was because I looked at the monster designs. They are so fucking cute i want 800 of those fucking they have these cute fucking mutated possums that have three heads where you're just like yes this is this is the possum ideal and then there's this like and then they actually use like cryptids which is adorable um and the fucking what's the name the rad toad the toad that is just like the toad that is rad he is rad, and he is just like he is round with a ton of eyes and pustules, but he is friend shaped and fucking. This is exactly uh, why we play. This is exactly why our fucking Fallout characters are the way they are. I was literally, I was like, oh my god, oh Jesus, this is so up Celine's alley. This is unfucking believable. Selena's Ari's Fallout main. Yeah, sorry, I love her, but um, like I cannot stress this enough. Scorch beasts are so cute. And, like, I don't fucking want to play MMOs. I just want an RPG where, like, I can fucking You want to work in RPG? This. Todd Howard tells you, oh, yes, all Todd Howard slander is banned. So we're probably going to get fucked for this one. But I, Todd Oof. Howard wanted to let, you know, to let you know to uh, go fuck yourself. Todd yeah, Howard and David Carp fucking, fucking alliance. Fucking Todd Howard, <laughs> David Carp, Gritty, Jeb Bush, launch Second American <laughs> Revolution. We need to go into this fucking thinking. episode.
fucking though last night. I was like, who's going to reblog daddy now? And then I just fucking got up out of my bed and I just paced the room because I didn't know how to deal with what I just said to myself. All right. This is the seventh episode. No more episode. reblogging daddy. This is shut, shut, stop, enough. This is the seventh episode of the fourth season of Legends of Tomorrow called Victor Garber Come Home. And if this was the way you guys were going to convince Victor Garber to come home, you really got to fucking work on your shit. Here's the thing about Legends. Let me fucking, let me, let me phrase a couple things about Legends. Legends is a very silly show, but its episodes are usually pretty tight. People are, you know, this episode was very silly. But it was also completely, like, Legends can be silly without also being all over the place, which I know sounds kind of weird or counterintuitive, but they've done it before. They have. This was not an example of that. No. Let me sum up the this episode of Legends of Tomorrow and maybe all ep- episodes of Legends of Tomorrow with a discussion that we just had about that scene where Gorilla Grodd kidnaps Obama and I was convinced that this was the Vietnam episode where this occurred, and you were convinced it was the John Noble episode, and we are just both sitting here with a friend of ours and going, Oh, I refuse I literally... to Google it. I refuse to Google it because I was like, I don't even know how to fucking start searching for that. And secondly, like, nothing, this show is just, is just a, a fucking slurry of events. Everything happens so fucking much. And if you ask me to explain any of it, I will start bleeding from the mouth. Again, I could and still can explain Homestuck better than I could explain Legends in Review. I, the Legends of Tomorrow. The that's, same that's I still can explain that's my own fair fucking podcast. Well. That is also yeah. fair. Um our goal is now to somehow get on Karen Kilgara and Georgia Hardstark's podcast network. We're not really sure how we're going to do it, and it's probably not going to be we're with this. We're going to commit murder live, live on, on our, our air. air. In your face, Nancy Grace. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I think this is going to be, this is this episode where we talk about, where we, where we yell about Tumblr. And let me, let me talk about a couple things this episode that needed to be, because here's the thing, is that Legends, you know how we said last season and in other seasons, Legends has really been kneecapped by the fact that the crossover comes and sort of fucks them up and they have to sort of yep. hurry up and, and wait to, to get to the crossover. That. They did it to themselves this time, lads. They didn't need anyone's help. They did it this all on their own. problem. And the issue with that is that they really wanted to get to the mid-season finale, which is, like, just some kind of wacky hijinks episode. And I guess they did not know how to get us there. What? I, 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 I they just, didn't, they, they didn't know how to make that. They, they are the five they, they, episodes they, ago. They didn't stick the fucking landing. They, like they they fumbled landing. that fucking ball into the other team's end zone. I swear I think to God, this is a New York Giants kind of Legends of Tomorrow episode. Because here's the thing: Legends has had episodes that were bad because they were deeply offensive and bad. Yeah. This episode is bad because the pacing on it is is like something I wrote when I was in the seventh goddamn grade, and we all know you can do better than that. Yeah, it's a fucking. It it reminds me of the fucking. First fanfic I ever wrote, which was for the Neopian Times when I was seven years old, and I wrote it in one setting, and it was objectively awful. Um, but I, I was write, really excited I, about I it. I keep trying to fucking find decent Red Dead Redemption, yaoi. But everybody who fucking writes it... Okay, I'm just... okay, I'm sorry. That phrase is... I, I am currently... There are hives breaking out over my skin. Well, put some goddamn lotion <laughs> I, on. I need to finish my story. My fucking I... dolls are bleeding from the eye. <laughs> I I fucking I'm 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 out I'm out yowie hunting as they call it. I just want to read about John and Arthur fucking. You know I'm I'm a simple I'm a simple gal with simple needs, and all I ever fucking get like it's rated explicit. But then I go fucking into it, and they're like, and this is why emotionally the two of them never connected. And I'm like, I don't care. I do. I not feel care. like. I do not. I and, genuinely... this is, and this is the Red Dead Redemption Yowie of Legends episodes. No offense to John, John and Dez, who <laughs> were a great ship and should have been introduced again. Like five, we needed to build no, them up I, I don't so even, that they could have had a decent emotional impact. Like hello, hello. Well, because I keep hearing here's the thing. I keep thinking he's Chaz, who is like John. I think he's supposed to be kind of yeah. like a Chaz analog, like John's like boyfriend in con- like comic continuity. So I'm already like kind of there. But 
to go back to the Red Dead Redemption thing for a hot second, there yeah. was... Oh, right. I genuinely feel like that impulse in that specific kind of, like, fic writing community is Brokeback Mountain shaped a lot of these people's understanding of how, like, Western queerness should be, like, cowboy kind of queerness should be written. That's a fair and point. And Brokeback Mountain, the text is, and even the film, is, like, very dreary and... And it's very much a straight woman writing about gay men in ways that are less than ideal, even though it was all we had at the time. So, well, not all that we had, but all that a mainstream audience had. And if you were really young and you didn't really know a lot about queer pulp, it was like, yeah, well, no shit, I love that. It was eight. Yeah, this was kind of my first thing. And I actually remember I was so touched by it. And then I started watching it with a friend and we get to the scene where they're fucking in the tent. And she's like, this is so like she didn't want to watch it anymore. And I was like, no, this matters. It's like, this is cool. And she's like, no, this is gross. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think I was anyway, a little too she, young to have been allowed to watch it. But was, that, I think that's probably had her of that faults, redemption. She had faults beyond that anyway, but that's not the yeah. point. Yeah, that's, that's at my, where's my train of thought? Oh my goodness. Um, A lot happened this episode. Let's and they don't start know how to with the it. things we liked because we have so many fucking threads we now need to pick up. It's like, yeah. I'm trying to move my apartment Bona- and, I, and I have a lot of sewing stuff. It's like trying to clean up my goddamn apartment, Philip. This is where you've put us. I'm so sorry. I really am. The thing I liked the most about this episode was Mona. Like, number one, she was, she is a rare character that you don't see a lot. And I really appreciate because it's rare. Yes. But she is genuinely wholesome, kind, selfless, loving, and like a very innocent and pure archetype and she also wants to fuck and i know that God like I, it, like it's, it's, it's funny America. It's, it's funny but it's also legitimately really nice uh-huh. to see a character who wants to fuck and wants to fuck a giant fucking it's buff called, it's called a cope yeah which i i'm gonna pretend is hotter because I understand the the concept of fucking a wolf dude is supposed to be hot, and it's not her fault that the one I, that in, in this show looks like that. I've only like ever that. wanted to fuck a werewolf if he wasn't currently a werewolf. It's like he's got that like, well, like in like you want to fuck them while they look like that. Not that like that. No, I how, don't think so. Well, also, because like that, like here's the thing: is like werewolves that look like that are ugly. Like I want, like I, I'm not having this discussion, um, here. At all, because, oh my god, no one needs to have a discussion about werewolf furry discourse. I already said everyone has to move to fur affinity. I'm too fucking tired. I mean, I, here's the thing. I, as, as I acknowledged on my, on my blog, as, as we need to all admit, there is not just one monster fucker in the writer's room. There are several. Oh, no. Either all of them are, or most, or a decent mix, and the rest of you are friends with the monster fuckers as I am, well, and I so mean, have your own sort the... of preferences just kind of based on what yeah. you've got going. Well, it's also the sort of thing where, like, you, like, you, you, if you go into animation, you are a fucking furry. Like, this is held true. Like, if you read, like, old Disney texts and you hear about, like, the original, and, like, they're, they were, they were horny for their furry characters. I fucking see you. So, like, if you go into writing, you're probably kind of a pervert. Like, I just, I feel like it comes part and parcel. And, like, there's an acceptable level of perversion, and then there's, like, that one fucking dude who wrote the Xanth books, whose name I, Piers Anthony, that fucker. Um, then, then you're just a bastard, and you should probably, you should definitely die. Um, but, like, then there's, like, fun pervert. Like, this is. And, like, listen. I just really like that Mona is allowed to be a sexual character with sexual interests and like, and like repeatedly referenced too. Cause she's, she literally just fucking gives Nora porn. Like they just meet and she's like, here, you want a fucking porno fucking that we know Mona is on pretty a segue, raunchy? Knocking on Nora's door. Like I'm going to go fuck the wolf man. Nora not looking up from her book. Okay. Have fun. <laughs> Mona you, fucking Godspeed. Godspeed. Doesn't even look up from her book, but like that is really nice to see. Because she's not, like, shamed for it. She's not punished for it. The person who experiences the most sexual shaming in this episode is Gary for being kind of a creep to her. And yeah, that's, actually, that's, that, was that was also really, really weird and kind of, like, they do that thing sometimes where I think they want to have that character and they don't know who else to... Or they want to have that moment, but they don't know which character to make it happen to, so they just make it Gary because he's kind of awkward already, so then they just make... And I'm like, huh? 
Because um, he did, uh, like, during the clone episode, he got inexplicably really weird about Ava in a way that wasn't, like, normal, awkward. It was, like, it was, so it was, like, it felt like that. Well, I mean, for one, for them to mention, for Gary to be like, yeah, I, I was, I, I negged her a little bit. I'm like, number one, kind of guy that would neg you at a breakfast buffet. And two. Jesus Christ. Um, it was actually extremely delightful for me, for Nate to be like, all that pickup artist stuff is horrible and garbage. Oh, I really liked it. Because like, I just. As yeah. as someone who I think is giver style cursed to remember season two of Legends of Tomorrow, when oh, we first God. met Nate, you and I were both really worried and kind of put off that he would be like hyper masculine and well, like kind that of was toxic. When, again like that was with Monel, so we were like, oh my God, are they doing a Monel for this show too? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, Monel banned. Um, banned, yeah. banned from Tumblr. Complete. Chris Wood is fine. Monel is banned. Um, <laughs> the AI can't tell the difference, but I can, and I'm so sorry, Chris. I'm so and that's what sorry. matters. I'm so goddamn Pull the sorry. Trigger Chris. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, in the Japan episode, the oh, one God. that was really offensive. That's bad uh... because it was offensive. Nate was not a super great character in that. He was kind of like fetishy in that episode. And so mm. for them to be like, we acknowledge that Nate was sort of painted by someone who was Mark Guggenheim as this kind of toxically masculine character for a little bit, but then we grabbed the reins and fucking ran him in the other direction as fast as we goddamn could. We stole like, that fucking horse, my mans. It was it was pretty sweet. Also. Oh, um, no, I really appreciated it. Like, on, on the Nate level, I was like, it also means a lot that it is, like, I need as much as I'm also like, uh, hold on, as much as I'm like, listen, it's kind of annoying when you just sort of decide that this needs to happen so you make you make this happen with a character who doesn't normally exhibit these kind of behaviors because you just want this conversation to happen that said there is something to good about the fact that like the buff jock the the fucking guido character is the one who's like hey man respect women and it's like the nebbish awkward kind of dude who's the one negging mona like that Nate is really is the a soft draw. It, it is like it's a, and he is, and he's like a genuine soft boy, and like that's really nice because that's not a narrative you see often, and you don't really see how dudes who we normally write off as awkward or kind of nebbish or like oh they're harmless because they're not actually like sexually aggressive, they're just kind of you know a little creepy and awkward. Yeah, so like, I had can't a make girl. A over it. I had a girl on my ride to work one time literally talking about a guy who was like awkward she's like he just doesn't understand like social cues so like i'm trying not to be neither like, do he's i and i've never harassed fucking harassing her and i literally wanted to be like listen you do not have to fucking put up with this and so yeah. like for them to be like hey gary like this is not the right way to treat fucking nate haywood who minored in respecting women in college oh yeah like just it meant he didn't have to read. He just had to respect women, so he was good. Very good. It was very good. Um, I have a really important question about Nick Dano. Oh God. Do you, do you think it's turtlenecked? Do you think we're turtlenecked? Do, 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 do you think? Do you think he vapes? 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 Yes, I think he. I think he's vaped. I think Nick Dano has vaped. Not to not to slander. Nick Dano is, and we've discussed this before. Too powerful. I know, I really hate it, because he's, he's everything too... Italian-American men want to be, and I don't like he that. He is a delight and a treasure. And I, 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 I'm, it's, it's, you know how in Silent Hill 3, like, the whole fucking point is to bring out, bring, bring around the fucking, the end times with, like, the cult, and they try to create the perfect being, and it's, of course, this nightmare abomination that's going to destroy the world, but also technically a perfect being. Like, that's Nick Zano. Can I keep the perfect man? No, it's an abomination. No, Brock has to abomin- kill it. <laughs> Fuck! That's Can I keep Nick Zano? We'll take care of it. it. Super swear. I named I named my Articuno and Let's Go Mekashiva because I just couldn't. See, I kept my with Nate said he could read Sanskrit. I bet you okay. money. I bet you. I would bet you ten United States dollars that Nate Haywood canonically can read Sanskrit, though. Oh, I'm sure he can. Um, what a he loser. doesn't. All right. He so let me try English, to but... let me try to connect the plots of this fucking episode. Number Plus one, we... John Constantine is in love. And that John was Constant- great. And like he and Dez, like I- Matt Ryan and the actor playing Dez are talented enough that they were able to sell this very intense relationship with essentially yeah. two minutes. 
Yes, they had like five. I kind of almost wish, I mean, as much as it was nice to have Gary confirmed as bi, I'm like, I kind of wish we'd had Dez popping in and out when John, especially like during uh, season three, when we saw John, like just having an understanding that he was there because we didn't. Yes. Nate also had some, yeah. Oh, sorry. Nate also had some really good lines about like, Gary, you're kind of, you know, you're on the sec, you're gliding the sexual spectrum or something like that. That was really sweet. Yeah, I noticed that. And then when Mona's like, I think he's had man meat where Nate's like, you know, it's 2018. I don't judge. And I'm like, number one, the term man meat is offensive. Yeah. To me me personally. Somehow transphobic. I don't know how, but I'll let you know when I do. Um, <laughs> the term using the term man meat at the time bureau is, is male a, man presenting meat is fucking bad. I hate everything you just said to me is violence. <laughs> oh, you're awful. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. This, can like, David Carp also... kill me? Can David Carp? Because that's uh, yeah, the only please... way this can end. Me and David Carp at this point is just straight up, you are coming down with me, hand in unlovable hand. Like, I, that's where I'm at. Where I am is that literal photo someone edited of Shane that's just, you want me off this website? You're gonna have to kill me. <laughs> they did an AMA we have to read, actually. It was adorable. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't wait to just post no children on December 17th and nothing else. Um, uh, that said again like this is like i mean you think we're disjointed normally try this fucking episode but like yeah i just wish they'd brought up des in season three more or at the very least like i the gary thing was nice but since they've clearly dropped that which is like fine whatever you guys drop everything else i don't care but like if you were gonna do that could i would have rather you use that time to set up des and had gary be by for nate later like it could have waited um just for some kind of narrative coherency somewhere else like, I, you also could have just had him do, like, the fucking God I love men thing that everybody wanted. <laughs> like, that would also be fine. Just apropos nothing. Why do we nothing. not That's have, how... we just do the thing that they did in the Simpsons movie, where Nate skateboards naked past Gary, and Gary just goes, I like men now. Yes. Um, Ralph Wiggum, gay icon. Um, that, <laughs> God damn it, I'm sorry, that was a terrible sentence. I loved he every part of it. <laughs> It was a lot, but I really loved it. Um, that was messy. So the Marie Laveau, I was, the second that they were like, Marie Laveau is a serial killer. I was like, oh no, so we're we, going to go. We were kind of like, oh wow, this episode's going to be about dolls and serial killers. Those are our special interests. And then this episode wasn't really about anything at all because I don't it, fucking know what of, happened. So we're going to have to ring that one back from them. Couple things about Marie Laveau. The moments I we was gonna saw be a... her were good. Yeah. Also, the fact, I will say, it was also a nice connection that she was like, you need to save Dez. Like, that also kind of made me support the relationship because I have a soft spot for that specific kind of trope of, like, family of character A's loved one making sure that they fall in love with character B. Um, Character B, you know what I mean? Like, I love that shit so she also really the actress was fucking phenomenal so that helped um and also the fact that john clearly respected her yes that he called her priestess specifically priestess denotes a very kind of like i you know was a religion yeah not not just witchcraft we were worried that they were going to get very white people talking about voodoo about this and they did they really tried to keep actually a pretty good distance from it which i think is the smartest choice they could have made the smartest fucking decision you can make if you're a largely white show like you just 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 don't even fucking bring it up just don't even bother if you want to have her fine but the anyway she was there for five five whole fucking i have a list of dolls that i would not destroy because they are too valuable if the spirit is in a sissy with a c by Madame Alexander. There's nothing I can do. Polyp. Nothing I can do. The ones She's that expensive. we saw at fucking Anime NYC with like ball joints where they like look the like fucking you and oh stuff. my Smart god dolls? fuck. Dolphies. Dolphy dream dolls like eight hundred dollars. So fuck unfortunately you. if it's in a dolphy, there is nothing I can do. No, that's Depends that's on god. No. If it's in a nendroid depends on the nendroid like if it's in one depends like on how much a, i love the nendo yeah exactly like if it's in my um sasuke uchiha nendroid i'll kill that i probably yeah. should already i i see if any of my milky way in the galaxy that, girl dolls we're not going to address like, that 
No, no, but I still love you. Thank you. Um, the good thing is, is like a lot of my dolls, like none of my ponies have hands, so they can't hold a knife, so we're fine. But like, and my Milky Way and the Galaxy Girls dolls would just be hard to find because they've been, they were an FAO Schwartz thing and that ended like a decade ago. Um, they, they're really floppy, so they can't really, they don't have like the grip strength. So the only one I would be in danger of like actually having to destroy is like, my fucking morning sun Barbie or my fairy queen Barbie. And like, you know what? Fuck you guys. The, you guys, you know what? Maybe you deserve to get murdered. Cause if you, if you get attacked and stabbed by a tiny ass doll, you are a bad at being alive and you deserve what you get. So <laughs> with my cannot, heart if, lines down. If you cannot summon your other dolls to protect you with their love because you have treated them so well, then what's really This is point? also incredibly valid. That would be really cute. I would I would like to see a story that ends that way, actually. Oh, uh, do we want to talk I do about serial killers? Say, or do we want to still talk yes, about the Yes, but brief thing. This was technically, I do think that Chucky, because he was just Chucky, was supposed to, number one, be a reference to Chucky, and two, Robert the Doll. Um, Have you heard of Haunted Doll? No. Relatively no. famous? Okay. Oh, my Robert God. was like the... Yeah, Haunted Doll Watch. This is this is Justin McElroy's time to fucking shine. But I like Robert believe they did not just have that noise the entire time. I also, Yeah, for, I really like how fucking specific of a reference that is it that we're talking about this and I just fucking make a random noise and you're like, "Yes, that is exactly in line with what we're talking about." Yeah, cuz I cuz it's really valid. But so the thing is um Robert the Doll is based was in Florida that the it was a apparently a doll that possibly was possessed by voodoo spirits, which is horseshit, but there you go. Um, and was like haunted by evil voodoo spirits or whatever, and like people die if they're near it. And it's a legend and it's kind of stupid and really racist. But given that they were doing a New Orleans episode and it's connected to voodoo, however like fragilely. That's not the right word, but there you go. Um, I do think it was supposed to be a Robert the Doll reference. Uh, that being said, that doesn't make it good. The fact that they, the fact that they, I guess I must have wished for practical effects on a monkey's paw again. I don't know why I keep doing this because you fuckers tried. Not only did you do it badly, but then you put CGI eyes in the fucking doll, which. Oh my God. Do you I'll remember when Invader Zim to do anything again? I'm so never, sorry. never, never, never. I'm sorry never. that we asked for anything. Like honestly, I expect nothing, and I'm still let down the Legends of Tomorrow story. But like, so there was an episode of Invader Zim where the animation staff got back CGI walnuts that they did not request to be made in CGI that was incredibly expensive and contributed in the long run to a lot of budgetary problems to show how that sort of led to it getting canceled. That is hilarious. I wish that was still, Oh, it's my favorite thing in the world. It, I wish that was still a reality so that when they pulled this stupid bullshit with CGI, they would go out of business. Um, I should be so fucking lucky. This like, I glass eyes are not that expensive. You (sighs) lit. You guys could have just okay. saved money just fucking fucking footballing the doll at each other instead of whatever wire work that <laughs> was. It wasn't like I mean like it was very cheesy in a way that like I was I wasn't it wasn't like it was the kind of cheesy where I'm like I'm laughing because this is terrible and it's just funny Hold to on, watch I, something. I, so I have a I have a I have a group chat that I'm that I'm very ashamed of. Um no, they know who they are. We're gonna have a group meetup when Harrison Ford dies. Um <laughs> Jesus Christ! And, um, you can't I, just say shit like that. He's had like eight thousand plane crashes, and yet, and yet, he still lives. So what? What? Powerful. What are we gonna fucking do? You know? Honestly, it's, um, one of the and so one of my friends sent me in the chat the fucking preview they did of that doll, and she's like, "Hey, is this your show?" And I was like, "Could be. That might be my show. Could, that could be never, it. never seen." Never seen that show in my life, I officer. These, I don't know who these people. Do we want to talk about Mick and Ava? Because that there were a lot of really uncomfortable like character moments this week where I was like, I I don't like the choice you made here, boys. Okay, okay. I hold on because someone actually did specifically call me out to ask me if I could talk about how I felt about the scene. Ugh. And and I appreciate you asking. It's really thoughtful of you. Um, 
you actually remembered things that I'd forgotten that I talked about because my brain is just Bold irreparably damaged. I remember things. Listen, I don't remember shit. Um, I like I said, brain broken. Point being, um, I a lot of it. I think I'm angry because of how much of it felt unnecessary. Yes. It reminded me of, remember that that weird, awkward episode with Mick and Zari, too, where they didn't seem to know how to handle the two of them bonding? Because now they have a really tight bond, and I think inevitably that's where Mick and Ava is going to go. But I can't help but feel like it's also something about the fact that they are women and he is a much larger gruffer more intimidating dude because when he and ray had the moment where they bonded solo way back in in season one yeah there was really no threat to ray in the same way that i think there's almost this reflexive like even though i know mick is a really good person and even though i know he's a really good character it's just it's that sort of response that just comes from a lifetime of being trained to view aggressive men as like imminent threats or just men in general as imminent threats um that i think makes these sort of interactions he has with zari previously and now with ava a little more uncomfortable because him being a little abrasive and 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 gruff with ray is something that you can sort of brush off but when you are having him do it to a woman who's like much less physically capable than he is, I who mean, he's upset with. Yeah. I mean, it I'm can like, be yeah, like, Ava can, Ava's a trained physical, you know, but it's not the, it, 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 so that's the, it's just that it's not even, it's not really even a response to Mick. It's just a response you have at seeing a female character around a man who's unhappy with her. I think, especially if you've had like a negative history, um with male aggression at literally any point in your life um that can be sort of uncomfortable in a way that it might not be with other characters and like here's the thing i've talked about this before i've talked about mick being autistic i've talked about how i really feel like a lot of times mick mick got upset this episode for reasons that i think if the episode had been more coherent might have made more sense because if you um if you stop for if you stop for a second and you just sort of like because he got mad because ava took away something that was explicitly described as helping him feel better and really kind of being harmless to everybody else although weird um ava took it without telling him or consulting him and and or anyone else and just saying you shouldn't have this this is too dangerous so i'm confiscating it so and that's just not that's a great not, thing no i mean like it's not it's not like i mean again she's not wrong but it's also like i've said before mick has a consistent character trait that is really heavily autistic coded of not liking upsets to his routine of not liking of of viewing things in very black and white terms and given also that he's used to hanging out with people who are much more violent and how they enforce rules. Cause like up until he met this team, most of the people he hung out with who weren't Len and Lisa were like violent criminals. And Len and Lisa were also violent, violent criminals. criminals, but like, yeah, but the, the, you know, they were like family, but still my point being is that Mick is used to having to meet these sort of threats to his authority or autonomy with more aggression. So he's not, Ava didn't view this as a bad thing and didn't really understand who she was dealing with. And a better way to have handled this was for Sarah to be like, you're not wrong, but you have to treat Mick differently because he's not a a monster, uh, like a monster or a fugitive that you can just catch and put in prison or that you can punish by taking away his toys. And he's not a member of the Bureau that you can just assign paperwork to because you feel like like, punishing him. I mean, I did like that she called him family. That was very sweet. Yes, that was really... Ava is also family at this point. And I think this was a really uncomfortable, like... I've noticed about Mick that when people accuse him of things, when they say you're dirty, you're stupid, all of that stuff, he never defends himself. No. He never never says, no, I'm not. He always says, yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's, I think it's the sort of thing where he sucks. That sucks. 
because it's the sort of thing where like sometimes they use it for comedy and then sometimes they want to be sad about it but in a way that's so inconsistently applied where i'm like i also listen i you could argue that it's it's mick not defending himself because he's like it's the where your flaws as armor and then they can't be used to hurt you shit which i think is what it's supposed to be but then when you use it as a comedy bit you don't you you can't they're inconsistent in their application of how he handles his trauma and i think the fact that ava and mick are both pretty heavily autistic coded in very different ways kind of facilitated for me why this conversation ended up being so uncomfortable and awkward and the thing about that I know that the the question asker specifically mentioned was like Mick calling Ava like fake basically because Ava's had dysphoria. I mean that's basically like I just like that's a big old fucking dysphoria mood is everything she says about being a clone. But that was also <sighs> Mick has a really black and white worldview where he's like so you like he just he just is he's he's just lashing out because he's resentful and upset because his thing got taken away so why the fuck is sarah on her side and so he's just trying to hurt her and be shitty about it and like yeah i don't think it makes him a monster i think it makes him someone who's used to dealing with people who push back harder and are way meaner and if this episode had been more coherent or consistent he would have it resolved itself at some point at the end of the episode he is literally carrying ava like she's literally telling him carry me here carry me there if the episode had been more coherent we probably would have had a much more interesting confrontation between the two of them that wasn't just sort of mean because i also feel like the show was trying to give some kind of message that ava thinks that mick is just using this character for sex and that's wrong and it's like the the legends don't really seem like Nobody else really seemed to have that issue, so I don't know why they I decided even, to maybe make that they, a point. Maybe they were doing. I didn't even. I I don't know if that's what they were. Pay- I, I don't know what the, the whole thing number is bad one. And I don't we're know what to the- ignore it. It was. I mean, it's the sort of thing where I'm like, here. I don't. I don't personally view it as something that's going to matter because I don't think Legends is going to. Care. I don't think they remember. If they do, yeah. No, I don't think they'll remember. But I, I do think, think it's worth pointing out. Goddamn thing! This episode. Yeah, basically. I do think it's worth pointing out the discrepancy and how they handle these sort of people interacting with Mick, where he's initially abrasive, but warms up to them, you know, and how they could probably stand to change it somewhat when he's interacting with men he's initially abrasive to versus when he's initially abrasive with women, because... It doesn't, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's not going to be the same. You're not going to get the same vibe from those interactions. Um, and that's not ideal, but I don't think this makes Mick a bad person. I think this just makes this a dumb episode because I genuinely also truly thought they were going to end up bonding over their love of murder. And I'm going to yeah, pretend I'm that's like, how why it the fuck did Sarah not just sit them down and go, so you both like yeah. boobs? Talk about it. Yeah, tits and murder. Anyway, like, uh, you know, who do you think saw? Who do you think was responsible for murdering John Benet Ramsey? Like they would have gone that off. Should've... That would have been and they so good. And like that would have been. That's what happened. Legends. This yeah. episode was not well written, so I'm taking the reins from you guys on this one. Yeah. Mick and Ava solved the John Benet Ramsey case, so that's what I'm going to pretend happened. I don't, know, happened. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. Mick and Ava solved John Benet Ramsey's murder. Is this dark? Video killed the radio star. Get off of me. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> I think about that fucking post all the time. Oh I hate it. Oh my god. Okay. I, I, I love don't that want that to explain to... it. In... I don't want to explain no, it. No, no, it's no, no, too no. Dark. It's too upsetting. Darkest sketch. Darkest sketch. Also, because so like Charlie and Zari. Charlie oh. tries to confide in Zari, like Charlie Please. actually really kind of likes Zari. She admires yeah. her, and she tries to confide in her, and Zari, in return, is like, you remember your worst fear? I'm going to make that come true for you, because I hate you. And yeah. it was just really, like, I mean, of course, their tension was unbelievable, but it was also like, the Legends have this thing really... where, like, when you are family with someone, you know how to really hurt them. But this yeah. episode was so all over the place that these moments of people hurting each other just came off like these nasty little drops in the bucket 
Yeah, it was it was weird to be in the middle of like what was effectively a family argument episode. Like, huh? Like, and it was it was so poorly handled and set up that you're just right. It was a family argument episode. It really. I mean, here's 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 something of quality that happened this episode is that uh, when Ray has his mustache and he debuts it, everybody's kind of like weirded out by it, and then John is just like, "Hey, do you eat ass?" That was okay. Okay, you win. Here's the thing: is that this episode? I also want to bring up. I was literally laying in bed last night in indescribable pain because I pulled a muscle in my shoulder at the gym because I'm a piece of shit idiot, and I was laying there and I was like, "Wow, I'm in a lot of pain," and I was like, "Wait." Was Ray's mustache supposed to be a reference to when Henry Cavill had to have his face CGI'd as Superman because he had the mustache from Mission Impossible, so they were doing a meta-commentary reversal of the situation for the purposes of comedy? Ari told me this, and, and I punched a hole in space. And I hate it. And I hate it. I'm going to fight Henry Cavill, and I'm so else. proud of him. I don't want... If this if this podcast is accidentally how Brandon does end up IRL fighting Henry Cavill, that's going to be kind of bizarre, but he's ready. And and I'm ready for I'm ready for it to happen. We've got we've got your back. It was Godspeed, you funky little fu- you funky massive fucking Iowan. Um, can I also just but... mention that they brought goddamn Eovard back, but it's not Matt. It's goddamn Tom again. And I'm like, hate crime. It's a fuck. Dare you hate do this? Crime. I mean, probably because Matt was filming Narcos or like being on an acclaimed show or something. But like, bring Matt back. He's, He's such a good Eovard. With- He's such a good Eobard, and I'm not just saying that because I get hot for we're it. We're not just saying that because we're sluts. We're saying that. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it does, that. it does factor in. All right, speaking it of which. It definitely factors in. And I don't like that I still want him to play Ted Bundy in a fucking documentary. There's what our fucking podcast about is we are going to fan cast the shit out of a bunch of hypothetical serial well, killer documentaries. I mean, I've seen the, I've seen the Zac Efron Ted Bundy photos, and I'm concerned. Oh my god, he's, oh fuck, I forgot about that. That's gonna. Jesus Christ. So let's talk about, so number one, the most prolific serial killer currently in the United States is Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer. Yeah, like, you dumb motherfuckers. Which, I mean, I guess Ted Bundy is just a more popular name, but it's it's actually Ted Bundy helped them catch Gary Ridgway. Yeah, like, they're literally connected. They're fucking Black Rom idiots. I can't believe you'd fuck me like this. You saying that is... is we're going to oh my god all right listen oh, guys, yeah, no, when you go to hell, and I, I literally had a moment where i said if you say this that's a thing you can never take back and i just fucking slammed on that anyway because whatever bill clemmer's um, nut button um <laughs> um god fucking when you get to hell give them our names at the door we got a place in the we got a lounge in the back we, we got the nice we got the swanky digs with melchizy dick but like I, I'm just right, now okay. in my head, I'm casting. I'm like, what kind of what serial killer would I want Nick Mano to play? Here's the oh thing. God! I uh, um. Okay, oh, here's the thing. Here's who I want. I want him to play the Amity. The guy. The Amity. I mean, he's a little older because the Amityville yeah, killer the, the fucking, yeah. was was a I little younger. But I mean, come on, it'd be so good. It's too fucking good. It'd be here's so the good. thing. Is like I feel like I do want to make a disclaimer because this is important because people actually look up to us for some godforsaken reason. I'm so sorry. Neither of us are really in what you'd call. I know there's like a fandom no, like for serial killers in a way where like they're just misunderstood no, and there's like that crime reporter not. lady who like fucking married the guy who she was writing a book um, about the woman who married Bad. the night stalker. No, but like also that lady, and we're big you know, fans like, of like my favorite murder. We're fans of true crime for some of the same reasons that I think Ava would be fan a fan of true crime, which is that like when patterns. you're a really anxious person, learning these kinds of patterns and behavior just kind of makes you feel better. You start to see narratives. Like I genuinely like I enjoy it because well, I enjoy isn't really the right word yes. either. But you're looking for patterns the same way that I think a prey species would think about like what time does the you know like what time does a fox usually go out hunting when's it safe for me to leave my burrow when should i do that like you you can't you are socialized to think about things that way because if not you are told that you will die if you are a non-male person growing up so that really fucking yes. sucks and so um, that's why there's that gravitation my first encounter with serial killers actually like with learning about them was my when I was 15, my chemistry teacher also taught the um, criminal forensics science class. That when you're a senior at my high school, you could take 
anatomy or criminal forensics or an AP science. I took anatomy because criminal forensics, you have to do like a sort of report, like a poster board on a serial killer. And I read about the H.H. Holmes murder house. And that set off a paranoid episode, the likes of which I have never seen in myself again. And I was I was I was a sophomore. These were her seniors that had taken the class and whose poster boards I was reading. And I guess when I got older, I just sort of decided I was like, I'm going to sort of take this back for myself. And that's why I've kind of been into true crime ever since. Um, I think I had that- a really different experience, which is really interesting to me, where I definitely got into. The, you know what? I don't think this was the start of it, but I remember. And again, as I've said before on this podcast, my childhood was spent largely unsupervised. So when I was 11 and reading Sandman, which I shouldn't have been allowed to do, I got to the volume where the major plot revolves around a serial killer convention and it name dropped some actual serial killer figures. And I was also reading true crime books about Jack the Ripper at the same time. I don't even remember why. I think maybe because it had come up um, well, I think it was one because the nonfiction books were right next to the manga and the young adult books. So I just sort of wandered in and then picked up a book and I must have heard about Jack the Ripper from something. I don't fucking know. And so, like, I started reading this stuff really young, was just sort of allowed to do that because I don't fucking know why. And I just it was the same. Like, I was I studied it like I was like, OK, so these people got killed because they did this and they did this. And no, that's not true. But when you're 11 and you're reading stuff, you shouldn't. You're thinking, okay, so this happened, this happened, this happened because they did this or they didn't do this. And the killer's motivations were this. It like was just it was analyzing behavior patterns that I guess I was interested in. And also my mother and my grandfather, who I borrowed a lot of books from when I was very young, read a lot of crime novels. So I grew up reading a lot of crime novels. Can I just the mention... thing that actually put me off it is I was 14 and I was reading about Albert Fish and I think I just said I can't fucking take it anymore. Like I just I hit that point. I stopped doing it for a few years. I couldn't read about it anymore. If you're not and into then... true crime, please do not look him up. Like if you're do not know no 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 no. If you have a strong stomach, okay. No. But even if, if you, you have a strong... don't, nope. like, like don't do not look him up. Please. This is not this is this not is a not disclaimer. A... To, to, this is not an endorsement of any of this stuff. This is just explaining where we're coming from. Yeah. The fundamental thing about 99% of these stories is the people who end up going on to murder a bunch of other people were arrested for other minor shit before, quote-unquote, minor shit, or and were let off on parole, or were only given three years for raping somebody and attempting to murder somebody. They were given five years for kidnapping. This shit is fucked. So our criminal you... justice system is so deeply broken and like and like we're not I mean, people sometimes criticize my favorite murder for perhaps being a bit too pro police. And I yeah. honestly feel that way as well. I mean, I yeah. I, I like because when you Big look at murder ACAP. all day, it's kind of like, OK, well, I mean, do you want us to you hit a point where you're like, you're thing, just so but it's happy also like, someone's stepping in. But it's also one of those things where I'm like, no, the police are not inherently a good a good force. The police but are serial bad. Killers are also not an inherently good force, and sometimes no. you got to pick well, the one that's going to stop the force. other. But sometimes the police don't even manage to stop the serial killer. Because here's the thing: Do you know why the Green River Killer is the most prolific serial killer in the United States? Because he, he mostly killed sex, sex workers and sex workers of color. Yeah. That'll do it. But so, like that is and that's the God's honest because you have shit like that. And you also have shit where it's like, yeah, it might seem like you're being pro cop because you're just but like, number one, well, I mean, they are being a little too pro cop. But the thing yeah. is, is like when you're reading these stories and you're rooting for the cop, it's because you just want someone to make this fucking stop. But you also have to recognize the reality that like 99 percent of policing is non murder related stuff. Yeah, like exactly. it's mostly just arresting black people for being black. So the cops that are out there stopping serial killers are actually a vanishingly small minority. The myth is, oh, well, there are some bad cops. The reality is cops are bad. There are the system of policing. It's fucked. There's there's maybe a good guy somewhere. There's I don't like even want to say good, good cop, cop because that does not sound like a correct thing to me. There's but- a good guy who has too much authority, but uses it in a way that isn't actively harmful. Like there's no good cops except except for like Sam Vimes and that only counts because he's not a real person. Like you don't get good cops, but 
this isn't when like I, I serial killers are good either, but like serial killers are usually found on fucking accident. They yep. got the son of Sam on a parking citation. Like motherfucker, the 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 fucking oh. Jeffrey Dahmer, the cops had him right there with a victim who was still alive and the victim was saying this guy tried to kill me and they went, "Well, this is a gay thing, so we're not going to deal with it." And they let him go. So cops actually not that good at dealing with serial killers. You kind of have and to take if matters we get serial murdered. I mean, that that would kind of be on brand for me. Or if we end up becoming serial killers, that would also be on, either way. I couldn't. I couldn't. I have too much. I have too much empathy. Just um, and you, also just don't look while I do it. I literally can't like I can't even fucking read about animals getting hurt. Like whenever they talk about animals getting hurt on my favorite murder, I start like I have to leave the room. Yeah. It upsets me so much. But my point being is like all of these things are good reasons for Ava to be into true crime. Yeah, I mean, if Six, you ever one, wonder half, why do other? I hear stories about people killing their abusers? Why do I hear stories about people killing pedophiles and going to jail for that instead of hearing about pedophiles getting locked up? It's because we don't really have a justice system that puts abusers in their place properly. We have a justice system that I, I, you, I mean, the United States prison system is legalized slavery. So, like, that should give you some perspective on who they're trying to put in prison and why. Welcome to hell. Um, also, I just want to mention that Jeb Bush is the reason um, he expedited Eileen Warnos's execution. And she's the one who dragged H.W. to hell. So, oh, straight up. Come God's on, Eileen. And <laughs> I need, okay. Like, Eileen really Warnos is also a really complicated case because that's, but like, we literally don't have the time to get into we don't that have here. Because I could time, talk about But, um, big, I, I, I'm going to just go ahead and say, um, if I had to pick a favorite, Eileen would definitely be like my, my favorite because I, I, like, Eileen is up there as one I can actually, the rare few where I'm like, when Ava's okay, like, I, I would have heard of a woman serial killer. I'm like, oh, big mood. The biggest yeah. mood. And of course, I do have a certain, I'm, I'm not going to say fondness because he fucking killed people. I have a certain je ne sais quoi for the son <laughs> of Sam because he is technically He's local. He's local. He yeah. is from Yonkers. And that is very close to where I grew up. And my parents were alive during the summers of Sam. And Always fun. have like memories of like... My dad would go on bike tours over the summer and there would be like additional kids on his bike tours who like clearly didn't want to be there. But their parents were just like, no, you can't stay here over the summer. And I, I don't really know what my mom it was doing. It must be nice to have enough money to get out of the city. <laughs> I, yeah, that I don't was... really know what my mom was doing, except I guess actively fucking looking to fist fight the son of Sam. And she would have won. She would still win. Even she after hundred percent, even after win. the chemo, goddamn, um, hundred percent, um, that I don't really, cause that's the thing is, whenever I'm like, I don't really have a favorite. I have details. I have store uh, from stories oh, that I, I enjoy. I have horrible like, details. I remember, but I don't. I don't want to share those here because I don't want to scar our listeners. Well, I don't mean like bad ones. Yeah. I mean like good ones. Like even with the Yunko Furuta one, where like her captors forced her to play mahjong with them, and she won stuff like that. Where I'm like. That and like when they caught the Night Stalker, they caught him because, because a bunch of people chased him down. Just like everybody, like that is like that is fucking amazing. They yeah. were like, this son of a bitch has been just fucking go, and people were two running after women him. Women caught the son of Sam. That's him. one of my favorite things. Is he was caught yeah, by that's two another one. women. The, two women the and girl because whose dog he, he was obsessed boy. with, the girl whose dog he was obsessed with, and a parking agent, and those yep. two ladies caught the son of Sam, and that is I incredible. Like that, like that's the stuff that makes these stories worth examining. But I don't really think I have a favorite murderer. Like I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable saying that because I think it implies a lot. But like the stories like that, where there is that moment where you're just like, "Fuck yes, this is what justice is." That's good shit. I really wish they'd done a better true crime episode. Yeah, like if this Herman was supposed to be a true crime episode, you sucked at it. This was not a good doll episode. This was not a good true crime episode. This was just kind of they uncomfortable. We're trying to do too much. This is just kind of uncomfortable. They they did too much, and we could have spaced out. Like John and Dez would have had so much more impact if we had gotten to know their story over the past few episodes, and then or John like, was like, "I sent him to hell." Episode. Even if that had been the only point of the episode, like if that had been it, and none of the other plot elements had come into play, and it had just been about John and Dez, even that would have been forgivable because it would have been like, well, we spent forty-five minutes with them, which in TV hours is like pretty, 
pretty decent for, like, setting up something. Especially because I do think Dez is going to be important up until the season finale because whoever the fuck John Nurgle, I'm just calling him Nurgle because I don't fucking care. Um, Nurgle is going to be, like, the big bad of this season probably. So Dez getting dragged back out of hell is probably going to be really We're important. We're going to go down there. We're going to punch Satan in the dick. Incidentally, We're going to if you're down there and you're down there to punch Satan at the di- in the dick, give our name at the door. Um, I know him. My Nana's got the big house, right? Jesus. <laughs> no, he's not there. Um, he's in the opposite. He's over. He's over. I have a quick question since it is the holiday season. Who's Chris and why does he have his own holiday? That is a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Something to do with Sonic the Hedgehog? Jesus. I, I hate this. This is easily the worst episode of legends in review we've ever recorded um well, this is i mean i don't with they, they haven't fallen off the wagon in a while yeah you guys haven't fallen off the wagon like this in a long time so i guess we're all kind of just stuck in hell together it's just you me and phil clemmer in the in the hot tub in hell and that's not an appropriate in the, in the fucking dashcon ball pit where we're all going to drown you uh, are coming down with me and oh, an unlovable fucking man. But we're also in hell. That's that's the image. That's the image. Everybody. Well, like also to be fair, I mean, this is number one, like a stress relief thing. Yeah. Because like I know you had a rough day, so I'm like, let's just talk about like fun shit. No, this and is two, recording this podcast is honestly so lethargic and fun for me. No matter oh, what same. we talk about, which is usually not Legends like, of Tomorrow. Because <laughs> it is legitimately well, because like it's also the sort of thing where like because this episode was so incoherent. It's like, I literally don't know what to talk about because I can't fucking tell you. If you held a gun to my goddamn head, I would just say, shoot me. Just end my fucking life. I don't care anymore. Um, I'm tired, Nappa. I'm fucking tired. Um, And, like, it's more fun to talk. When the episode is bad, it's more fun to talk about stuff that we're more interested in that might be tangentially related to the episode. And, like, fuck it. Um... So next week is the mid-season finale, and then they don't come back until April, which is honestly great for me because I have to move. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to get my life back. Um, yeah. We're gonna have. I just my big question about we're gonna the, have a holiday special, but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, we are gonna have a holiday special, which is actually nice that they're ending so early because then we can have our holiday special as well. And then yes. Legends next week. I have a question, and that is if John and Des were only together like five months ago. How the fuck did reality go this wrong this fast? Gay love. Gay this love. is what Macklemore warned us about. I mean, yeah, like, I'm just like, Same I, mean, I really love do. was I not an anthem. It was a, it was a prophecy. Jesus Christ. But like, um, I gotta also, say one of the other things I did like about this episode was that John and Dez, like, it was like, it was, so it was gay. Gay love was the center point of this entire episode. Like, a bi dude falling in love with a dude of who is either gay or bi was, like, the biggest fucking deal of the entire episode. And that's really nice. Like, it's the sort of thing where it's, like, it's not even, like, oh, well, John fucked up reality and that's bad because, like, it portrays, like, he the, did it for John is, like, selfish or whatever. He did it for someone he Like, the reason he did John it for somebody did it, loves. like, the reason John did it hit me in the heart even if we didn't have that much time to get to know them. Because it yeah, was that good it was, and that was, intense. Yeah, because it was like, it was, it was the sort of thing where like when John makes a selfish decision because he's a stupid bastard and things go badly, you go, oh, God damn it, John, you do this to yourself. But John made a selfless decision that ended badly. And like that makes it sadder. Everything always and ends that badly for John for Constantine, which should probably be also the fact that Ray was panicking because he only shaved off half his mustache. I love little mentions that Ray is very vain. It's really cute. So next week, we've got puppets. We've got Sarah and Ava making out in a car. I will give Phil Klemmer $100 if they do a scene where Sarah tries to parallel park and cannot because she is bisexual. Please. <laughs> if, if, but, like, it can't just be her fucking up at parking because anyone can do that. It has to be her, like, actively trying to parallel park where, like, Gideon and Ava are standing outside the car, like, trying to guide her through it. And she can't. Because, like, I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> One time I was trying to parallel park and a guy- Lance Armstrong showed up to fucking mock us. It was horrible. A guy fucking riding his bicycle past us at 11 o'clock at night fucking goes, you're not doing a great job. And I'm like, first of all, you're the one riding your bicycle at 11 o'clock at night. So really, which one of us is- You're the problem, my man. Which one of us is really more in the wrong here? And then I hit the curb. Um, 
Okay, we'll see you fucking next week, everybody. Night. Stay sexy. No, we're not saying that. We're not going to say it. Please put us on your podcast network. I know we're terrible, but we love you so much. Please put us on podcast. (laughs) Please put us on your network. We love you. Good night.